Adjustments to the lithium crystal chamber complete. Pre-recorded in a second floor guest room filled with tall ales and taller tales. Join a group of grown men intent on discussing the intricacies of fantasy and science fiction. Tim Gilbert Media presents... Don't just me! Hello, all you fans of moppy-haired emo kids who vent their less-than-ideal childhood trump on galaxy-wide destruction. This is the Dungeons & Dweebs Podcast, episode 45, Star Wars, Jedi Search, part 2. I'm your host, Bob, and if you thought the Umgullian blob races were a hurdle, wait till you hear our take on galactic brinksmanship using thorn-shaped rainbow ships. But I'm not alone. Across the table from me, he's been known to use deeply embedded microchip stimulators to encourage his own Blobstacles performance. But don't expect him to make it across the finish line first. Oh no, it's Luke. Hey everybody, welcome back. We're live again. Trying this out, hopefully it goes smoother than last time. Um, Oh, it's smooth right now. It's as smooth as Ronnie James duo. Smooth as butter. Um, (laughs) Hey, Happy to be pushing content out again. It's been a crazy couple of months for everybody. Oh, man. This is the way to do it. Why didn't we do this I don't know. We just liked seeing each other in person. That was just... Quarantine, I guess, is good for the show. Bad for us. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Valhalla, says the chat. Yes, welcome. (laughs) But hey, let's kick things off. I'm going to try to kick it over to a very glitchy-looking Clob. Clob, how are you doing? (laughs) Hey, kids. Oh, we can hear him. (laughs) Day 745 of quarantine. Uh, just uh, shacked up with Mara Jade for the last three weeks, and uh, I'm going a little nuts. So I have to invite my good friend Lando Calrissian over. And he's out of he peanut is, butter. Uh, he's chilling with me. Uh, so uh, all of this oh. is, I mean, this is nuts. We're living, we're living in the land of, you know, underneath the Galactic Empire. Or maybe it's the mm-hmm. New Republic. Who's to say so far? <laughs> uh, so really, just been hanging out, working from home, which for me is killing me because I I am not the most motivated person when I'm at home. And, <laughs> and going for Do a it. lot of walks, starting up the running again. Uncle Klopp's just sitting here waiting for the... Across the table from me, he's still the... Or he now is the only one with hair... It's little Neil. I'm taller than you. <laughs> <laughs> but you'll always be little with me. Phrasing? Phrasing? I yeah, don't know. I, I don't know where he was going with that one, but it makes sense with him. But, you know, welcome back to our wonderful live show. This is a weird thought here, and I'm trying to be mindful of that as we get going forward here. But Correct. it's good to see at least some of your faces again. Luke, I'm still sad that Sorry. you are, even though you're a screen away from me, this diagonal here, whoop, <laughs> you're still so far away. But here we are. I'm glad we're finally back to doing some of this because it's been a long time. Yes. yes and I think has. some of the listeners have thought so as well. I think yeah. the revolt was starting as well on their end. <laughs> we might have been the empire in all honesty. <laughs> yeah. We did not serve the mass as well. No, we did not. Uh, we don't know how to serve our. We don't know how to service you, audience. But 
You just let us know. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> wow. Okay. That's a thing. Sorry. Okay. Well, okay. Uh, glad you this is mature audiences only. Yeah. Yeah. I um, hope this is filtered. Uh, well, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, we're. Uh, it's been a while. I know. I went back and I actually listened to our own podcast to kind of remind myself of where we're at in this book because it's been since when? December? Has it been two we don't months? Yeah. Yep. I don't even it's, know it's what happened in this book. What is this book? Is this uh, Dark Age? Is that what this is? <laughs> I think that's what, what we're supposed we to be reviewing like, right now. <laughs> Iron Gl- I, even, I don't even think so. I think we're almost starting a Dragonlance novel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, mistakes were made. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, who would know? Who would know that Luke was going to leave? There'll be global pandemics. Who knew? <laughs> yeah. uh, Dogs no. and cats living together. Mass hysteria. <laughs> Oh, my God. Well, hey, why don't we grab a virtual round, catch up with at least Bob, because I know the rest of us kind of talked about what we've been up to um, at the virtual tavern now, because we're being responsible adults and social distancing. Mm, it's true. Yeah. Actually, we're all in the same house. We're just in different rooms. Trying to <laughs> yeah. Wildly different paint styles in the rooms. Like, <laughs> Yes. I, have, I, have, I really have this uh, conspiracy theory that that's what a lot of people are doing. I've seen a lot of bands playing music together uh, over, like, Discord. It's not mm. happening. They are in the same just oh, dude, I can't even. I can't even like sing with somebody on Discord. The delays. Too Bob much. and I tried to sing "Happy Birthday" to kids at school over, over Zoom. That it's was impossible. not happening. It's impossible. There's too much lag. Yeah. I'm calling them out. I'm calling you bands out for doing this live thing. You're not live. You're just acting well, like you're. They, or they're they also live. Have massive, expensive studio. That's I've been watching the Sammy Hagar ones, and you can tell they're all in different places across the world, but they all have thousands upon thousands of dollars worth of it. They're not doing what you're doing right now. Right? <laughs> I think it's his connection. Uh, <laughs> hey, we'll work with it after we get a drink. I'm thirsty. Let's get it. So why don't why don't we head on into uh, the tavern and get some of the drink? Hey, I was in a relationship no, with this dragon. She brought me up to a reward and she have good Where's my coin? Yes. Why don't you fellas yeah, fall into my country? I'll show you my glorious good. Tavern talk. Unreal. All right, so here we are, gathered cozily around the tavern fire. This is the portion of the show, Tavern, where uh, we take uh, about 20 minutes or 30 minutes or 45 to talk about uh, what's been going on in our nerd universes. But I guess you guys all did that already. Is well, there yeah, anything you, new that's happened? You bailed out on us. I didn't bail. I'm <laughs> yes, you did. on a house. Come on. We did. We did. We did update everybody on that. Um, I, I guess I, I binged The Mandalorian a couple of days ago because I'm stuck inside. I think that's big, and it's pertinent to our audience. So tell it us. Is. Tell us while I pick potatoes out of my ear. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> um, this I, live thing's bad. I, I really... I really enjoyed the episodes. You know, I thought the the score was amazing. The you know the Mandalorian himself, his little uh, little ditty that would come on when he was when he was on screen. Was really I, cool. I love that. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, classic um, western. Yeah, classic for sure. western. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, my, my I only... heard it's it's played on a flutophone, right? I, I I've really? heard this somewhere, but I might be wrong that it, it literally is like a flutophone or something. <laughs> but I don't know. I might be. Wrong. Making stuff up again, aren't you? I probably. I, hey, it's the, it's it's the internet. I can say whatever I want. 
doesn't make so it's I mean, kind of. My, my only complaint with the the series was that, and it, it has nothing to do with The Mandalorian itself. It's just, you know, I've watched a lot of, you know, made-for-streaming shows. And right. every single, like, it was three seasons of shows in a row ended on a cliffhanger. And I'm just really mm. sick of, like, stuff not being wrapped up. And I'd be like, well, you're going to come back in a year and you're going to want to watch more of this. Um, right. And I guess what I... What did you think of the finale? What did you think of the finale? I, I did not expect like, the Darksaber to make an appearance, that's for sure. No, oh, that's yeah. interesting. That's interesting. Yeah, that's... Yeah. De- they're definitely really tying in the animated series. And that's actually kind of my next go-to, is I'm going to go try Attack of the Clones. Because uh, I have friends right. who are saying that that's... It's actually good. It's not for kids. Well, it, it, it might be kind of for kids, but it's Disney, you know. The, oh, you mean the Clone Wars? Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, I, yeah. Uh, I would say I would say skip all the way to season three. Never watch okay. the the movie that went to theaters. <laughs> season one oh, and two God, is the rough. movie that went to theaters is horrible. Oh no! Yeah, didn't we? Uh, we talked um, about this. We yeah. did because yeah. um, I hadn't watched it, but I listened to Now Playing's review on it, and it was hilarious. Yeah, because uh, it was so th- bad. I mean, they again. You all have you have to start somewhere, and they start with this whole three D thing. And George mm-hmm. Lucas had this whole idea to make them look like. Uh, what is it, the Thunderbirds? You know that marionette kind of uh, mm-hmm. where they're okay. carved out of wood. Oh yeah, and it was real. It was super prominent in, in the early episodes, um, and the episodes are all over the map. There's some good ones. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I, I guess I shouldn't say don't watch episode season one and two, but uh, they're real hit and miss. Don't judge the series on those. By the time you get to three, they really start smoothing things out, get more coherent storyline. They do awesome things. They also do weird things. I mean, it's all over the place. It's a cartoon. Yeah. So it is. is. That was the same advice you gave me for watching uh, Star Trek Next Generation was just skip the first couple seasons. <laughs> and okay, but but I wait wait yeah I, I know Club and I, I know I know I do love I do love it more when they get to the re, when they get to the serial story mm-hmm. right I I'm in agreement I'm a Star Trek lover so for me I'm a complete I must watch them all and I love even just the background noise I just put it on I love to hear I love season one and two but if I'm recommending I don't want somebody to watch season one and be like well this show's stupid. Like I'm gonna put you somewhere where I think that the where the laity can be comfortable. Mm-hmm. Bob, you know? speaking of speaking of next gen, I talked about this on the previous on our previous streaming episode um, that we did. Have you watched Picard? I've watched the first three episodes, and um, oh my god! And then I haven't it watched is, beyond that. Okay, but it's yeah, it is so good. It is so good, and the finale just is spectacular. Uh, the uh, I lost my CBS subscription, and I haven't been able to watch the rest of the episodes past three. So, um, once I'm back up and running, then I'll be able to finish that out. Because I loved those first three episodes were were great. So, if you're saying they even ramp up from there, fantastic. oh god, the second half of the season is absolutely phenomenal. No, don't even say anything. Okay. It's like I laughed, I cried. I was sitting watching the final episode while my girlfriend was crushing candy on her phone next to me. (laughs) (laughs) That lagged just enough that I started thinking you were gonna say crushing cans. Like, oh, is COVID that that you're like in the back? Like she's in the basement crushing cans in one of those old can crushers for months. 
bringing this to the recyclers. Got to make a little money. Well, They'll give you 25 cents a can. She is one of those, you know, she's actually really been getting hard, hit hard by this because she's supposed to take her nursing boards. She can't do that right now. Mm, she, right. What, she, uh, she effectively doesn't have her job as a bartender, except here. I kept well <laughs> At your house? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, Fields, Fields 91. I, I didn't, I got to address this in the chat. Uh, the routine for the beard is, is first. I put in some uh, some some of the shampoo that Where my my wife that? bought. Joyco. I put in some Joyco color stuff, and then then I put in uh, the uh, what, what what do you call it? Um, <laughs> conditioner. Why couldn't I think of that word? Conditioner. I let it sit for three minutes uh, and then rinse it, and then I I run run through with a brush. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Anyways, to finish up. I'll fully admit there was the point where I there was the point. What is with your face? <laughs> what? Just just I've seen nothing don't on my end. What's with your face? I think this was a mistake to go oh live. Oh my gosh! I know this, this is, is hilarious. <laughs> God, <laughs> look—he looks like the base. He looks like the bass player oh. for uh, Final Deep Path? Purple. <laughs> This is for anybody anybody in the chat who usually listens to the show just purely as an audio download. This is everything that ends up we usually end up cutting. cutting. This is little, what gets cut. Uh, us just going off the rails. Yeah, you thought we were tangential yeah. before. Yeah. You've only heard us edited. Yeah. <laughs> I need to give a shout out. I need to give a shout out though to my buddy Joe, who uh, I, I didn't I, I didn't show this off last episode and I got in trouble for it. So I need to give a shout out to my buddy Joe, who for my birthday, I got a text and it said, look on your porch. And on my front porch was a shoebox with some good old fashioned classic Spider-Man and a good old Lando, Lando Calrissian Ooh. comic. Ooh. Whoa, look at those you, comics. What's that? That's Ooh, awesome. Lando. Hey, well, how's the Lando one? Have you read the Lando? Uh, it's actually really good. Cool. It's, you, can, you can hear Billy D. Williams' voice through the art. <laughs> That. <laughs> through the That's artwork, funny. even channel through yeah. the pencil. Through I love pencil. it. Cool. Yeah, that's 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 the only thing new with me. Uh, Bob, you weren't here last. I guess well, unless Neil or Clob, if you guys have anything else to bring up for Tavern Talk here, I got nothing new. Well, Clob I mean, did. He brought up his comic book. The comic books. I passed my time to Bob. <laughs> uh, but I'm not that way. So for. For me, I'm this way. So you got to that way. Luke, Luke is there, and there's Klobacek. So Discord. Wait, my screen. Ready? My screen's the only one that matters. There you go. That is <laughs> true. You are. Yes, Jarvis. Mm. Mm. Am, I am I better on my twitchiness? Eh, moderately. I. You. I don't know. You. You know what? Your your right? audio sounds at least decent. Stay so. off the smack. Our Paul just texted me and said, "and said shut off, shut off Twitch. You're using too much bandwidth." Oh, because do you, do you have the stream open? I had the stream open. Yeah. Ah, that'll be. Oh it. man, that'll rookie mistake. Thank you, Paul. Again, as I oh. talked about in the last episode, shows off I'm the old guy here because I'm sitting here wearing earbuds or wearing headphones while everybody, <laughs> while you two tell your girlfriend to stop using the hotspot too. Get, she get is her not here. She went back to her place for a couple days. I can imagine. I can imagine. Okay, so show and tell time. What what what's new in my world? Well, first of all, I am 
I'm reading the X Force, uh, some '90s goodness. Love this Shatterstar. I got to give you a good look at Shatterstar here. Uh, he's the guy holding the store sword. Um, he doesn't get enough love in the Marvel universe. I'm waiting uh, Deadpool to kind of join up here with the X Force in the movies and get some Shatterstar and Cable. Shatterstar was in it. Deadpool two. Shatterstar's in it. Yes. Okay, I haven't watched Deadpool 2 yet. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Shatterstar uh, needs some love. Already happened. <laughs> oh, I'm referencing things that have already happened. Dang Jeez. it, very good. Is that uh, a... That, that and, and Ant-Man vs. Wasp are the two uh, comic movies I have not seen. So I Actually, Ant-Man... Or, excuse me, Ant-Man and, or Ant-Man and the Wasp was actually better than Ant-Man. Mm-hmm. I gotta, I gotta check it out then. I gotta see it. And did I you, did why, you think I lo- so? I love Deadpool. I don't know why I never went on to Deadpool. Yeah, I did. Makes no sense. I thought Ant Man oh. and the Wasp was better. I, it just oh. kind of, you know, it felt like more of the same. Like, uh, but just, you know, I guess it, there was another. Here, I, eh, yeah, they te- they they were a team so much in the comics that actually just finally having just finally having them as a team, I enjoyed more than like. Oh, is she going to put on the costume? Is she not going to put on the costume? Okay. went through the whole first one. Okay. I can't believe it. I got I got to look up the images because I can't believe that he was in the movie. He looks like a total doofus in the movie. <laughs> well, that's that's Deadpool, so. Yeah, they... Um, the so, like, in these comics, Deadpool is not that way. Uh, he... He's far more. He's kind of a smart mouth mercenary, but more on the wisecracking side side of like maybe a a lower level Spider Man or something like that. Well, he does like the fourth wall break, and that comes way well, later. The thing I enjoy about the Deadpool comics too, Bob, is, and I don't know how you would really address it in his in uh, in in like a movie version or a live action version, but mm-hmm. the second voice in it. He's at, or the second and third. He's actually got those three voices in his head. The one that's the little kid, the one that's the psychopath, and then the one that's his. And that's when they have those little thought bubbles when he goes schizophrenic as they're actually talking to each other. Right. But I don't know how you do that in a live-action version. No, no. And Deadpool evolved quite a bit. I have uh, one of his later omnibuses. I think Paul, who's in the chat, has has the one I need. Um, but yeah, he, he evolves as a character quite a bit at this point. He's, he's kind of a, you know, just a occasional bad guy of the, the week that'll show up here and there, but they're pretty good. Uh, I'm not, uh, Rob Liefeld is the kind of the main writer and artist. Uh, it took me a while to get into his art. It wasn't like hitting me at first, but I'm liking it now. I've gotten into it and I think it's pretty Bob, have you ever looked up his Captain America artwork? Liefeld? Yeah. No. Why? Is he the one who did the weird big chest? Yes. That's why I'm saying go look at Oh, God. Go look I hate Captain that. America. I hate the weird big chested uh, Captain America artwork. It is it's just so. It's like, have you ever seen a human body before, dude? <laughs> well, okay. I could, yeah, I could say that, yeah, um, about kind of what he's doing in this, but I got used. Um, holy God. I told America you. with moves. I don't like it. I don't <laughs> like it at all. Not cool. Not cool, Rob Liefeld. I don't know what you're thinking. 
Um, but I'm not an artist, so I'm not going to judge you. Yeah, um, right. At all. So, uh, but that's about it. Uh, other than that, I guess I've been doing some comic book reading uh, bes- besides X-Force. Uh, oh, I, I should throw this in. Uh X-Force, maybe not for everybody, but Harley Quinn. Uh, I got to throw out Harley Quinn. Super good. This is a really good, kind of more modern, uh, early thousands take. Uh, Amanda Connor, Jimmy Palmier. Really good stuff. Uh, okay. I can Again, see why she's so popular. A character that was made to be a one-off in the uh, Batman animation series and then, and then blew up. And actually yeah. went back, went from the animation series into the comics versus vice versa. Right, right. And then now is kind of kind of seeming to be like DC's answer. But I got to talk for a second about I'd DC. I'd watch Margot Robbie soup. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> but DC and Marvel, DC uh, is literally under firing on every cylinder. Um, mm-hmm. They are just... Uh, even with the omnibus, I collect, you know, a lot of these omnibus, and I'll tell you, um, Marvel knows what they're doing with the omnibus from production standpoint. Um, you know, as far as when they come out, the look of them, uh, they know that most of us who collect them are bizarre weirdos like me who want spines to all look the same, so they look good on the shelf. Um, but. Pierce Brown, take note. But um, heart like, I, it makes no sense. DC will like throw out like a series that are all supposed to be together, and then change up the printing style and everything midstream. Um, they did it with a book that I really am into. It's called uh, A House of Secrets, um, which is like kind of an old horror book from the '70s, and it's like every version that's coming out now has different production quality I, it's, i'm not mm-hmm. uh i'm not a happy happy man with this yeah it's see, triggering your ocd it's all about the spine paul knows what's <laughs> up <laughs> yeah, yeah oh. all my collected spines look the same says clobo wobbo <laughs> that's mm-hmm. that, that's clob <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. I know it's like it's nice to be in an echo chamber. <laughs> I also didn't realize as 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 we're going through all this uh, like video chatting and we're doing all these like virtual meetings and stuff. I never realized how much I touch my face. Yeah, no, and then it, that, when the thing is to not touch your face, and then you're like con- like this the whole time. Somebody gonna turn me in on social media? You're canceled. Bob. Can I? Can I talk about like one of the things that's scaring me about the whole COVID nineteen thing is mm-hmm. uh, is more that there's like people who weirdly have taken it upon themselves to be internet police of like I'm seeing it on Facebook where people will like call out other people like Saya like you're saying you're social distancing saw you posting pictures to Facebook of uh, you know sitting in somebody's basement I'm like. Maybe that's just your circle of friends, man. I'm not seeing that. that. No, it's not my friends. No, <laughs> it's not, not my friends. friends. <laughs> these are not. I bought a fire pit. You bought so a you fire pit? Did you? You could sit six feet away from each other around the fire pit. No more than ten people. Sounds smart. That's, that's pretty Yeah, that's, cool. why we, that's why we got snow the last two days is the fact because that on Monday I went to yards. I, I bought a fire pit and yard tools. How that's dare you? <laughs> No, the next. It's going to be the 50s this weekend, so it'll be good. But nobody cares about weather. Yeah. 
yeah. when they're listening no, to this. We went to talk about weather now. when we're a book review podcast. <laughs> hey, there's somebody's in the chat who says Neil's a babe. Yeah, now's your chance. You've been saying how you're going to leave Emma for a long time, right there. Emma, that is Emma. Emma oh, you wait, dummy. Emma, shuck. Never mind. That's Never the, that's mind. that's the joke. <laughs> That is her, you dingus. <laughs> okay, well, hey, why don't why don't we get into the book? Why don't we actually get into the book? Yeah. Please. Let's get into it. We're at that point. Yeah. Okay, hit the music. You know Tashi Station? I'm a leaf on the wind. I'm a freaking fight for that. I'm a leaf. Waiting around for that Skywalker kid to come pick up the power to avoid us. We got downloads and 20 systems. I pull up a chair, friend. So, here we are. Yep. Part two, Jedi search. Luke Skywalker's getting into all sorts of trouble. <laughs> Not really. Not really. Yeah. Um, He's but well, all he, trouble if you. Uh, yeah, he was getting himself into all kinds of. The trouble. last thing he did was juggled his child or his niece and nephew. Yes. That's not that much trouble. He was he was <laughs> flittering sorry. around the galaxy, touching nubs. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. Never mind. Good point. Remember <laughs> the weird old prospector at the back of people's uh, brains. So we should probably catch people up to speed. This is part two, right? So Luke is setting up a Jedi Academy. And that's kind of the main thrust of what's going on. Everything else is just ancillary. Luke yeah. or uh, Han and Chewie have crash landed on Kessel. They're prisoner uh they blasted off of kessel um and a and morith duel who is the leader of uh you know the the spice mines of kessel mm-hmm. his henchmen skink snacks are like chasing them and yeah, then they end up they're flying through the maw the maw they've picked up a kid named kip duron mm-hmm. who is uh who seems to be force sensitive he's basically just it's like we want a young luke again so he's luke uh only dark and more mopey like he's an emo Luke, right? Well, like he's more he, of he's, you, he's you at sixteen, Luke. Luke circa, he's you at sixteen. Luke, circa two thousand six. I don't want to talk about if it. If Clob and I would have shown up in a Trans Am and picked you up, <laughs> that's, it'd be you in the back of that Trans Am. Well, I was sixteen, so there would have been an Amber Alert. Um... <laughs> that's Jeez. why we'd have been punching it. <laughs> Through the Maw Cluster. Yeah. Punch yeah, it, Clob. Trying to, try to, try to get through the planetary shield. Jeez. So we're on chapter 13, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, 14, 13, 14, 15. something. 15. 15. research and prep for where we're going to be at here? Yeah, I did. I was just, I was driving while I was listening well, to the I podcast. Well, I color changed the notes and I didn't color change 14. Why would we have done 14? I don't understand. We did 14 because you talked about him juggling the two twins yeah, and that creepy right. uncle who, no, stop. That is, like. that that is was true. Comment that's an abuse of, uh, that, yeah, that's an abuse yeah. of power. Yeah. yeah. So hey, you kids, so all of us. You're all babes. Okay, you're all babes. We're all babes. Yeah. We're all babes. Hi. How you know. Yeah, there's nothing like four <laughs> men just sitting around talking about the stuff. I had to, t- I had to turn no, off the Twitch stream. Was that Emma let's, again? Let's, let's play let's... with... You want to play with toys? Was that Emma again? <laughs> Probably. I hope so. Yes. <laughs> uh, so anyway, so chapter, chapter 15. Chapter 15. Hi, Emma. Chapter 15, we're focusing more on Chewie, Kip, and Han. Or hand, right. going back to my joke hey. from the last time, because we're going to mispronounce them both each time. Hey. But they've recently got away from Skrillex in the tunnel with the, sorry, with the wonderful no. spiders. 
They are now on the surface after they got out. So what did you guys think oh, of this? Oh, so we haven't got we, we haven't gone gotten to where they're punching it to the mock cluster yet. That's what we're bringing into. Yep. All right. Mm. All right. So they got out and they couldn't get to the Falcon, so they had to find a garbage ship essentially. A Lambda That's class right. shuttle. And that was, what did you say, Bob, the last time? That it was basically the one from uh, Return of the Jedi that they're in? Yes. The yeah, a Lambda class. Level. Yeah, that's that's the shuttle that they they go to end. So it's one of those that they're punching it through the Ma cluster, which I love the look of this. Um, I, I swear we talked about this part last time mm-hmm. because I was talking about how uh, I did not think the Han Solo movie... Uh, lived up to my expectation because in my mind I had far more of probably what Star Trek would do if the Enterprise were going through a cluster of black holes than what Mm. kind of that foggy, murky, kind of it doesn't look like real space. (laughs) I I could have done... I could have done. I understand what they were doing in the Solo movie, but you didn't need to have the spaghetti monster in the middle of the mock. Seemed like a weird Cthulhu throw-in or something. I don't know. Yogg-Sothoth showed up in the middle. So there is one spot here before we actually move on. Um, Kip, you know, he was using his force powers to go through the Ma, right? Yes. Yep. And then my notes I had, better better than a droid in a computer system. Uh, I feel like we shouldn't tangentially bring in that crap into this, but yeah, (laughs) real stupid. Okay, uh, fine. let's talk about it, stuff that was great in this book. Let's go to a Leia chapter, chapter sixteen. Oh God. No, I want now. I, now I want to linger on this because no nope. Leia chapter, what, chapter sixteen. I, I can't. I why Bob. would you undermine undermine Han Solo's pilot? It's Han and Chewie. Their team, their piling of piloting ability is what gets them through the mock cluster. Not because they have the memory banks of some robot Lando was in. I don't like any of that. None of that is good. I'm still concerned about the whole like robot banging. I mean, I understand See, robot banging. Listen, you're you're, you're inferring that that we don't know that. So that this happened. is what gets me yeah. so irritated is that a lot of times the powers that, that be, it, they could. The, the powers that be that talk about how fans get so up in arms about things or whatever. We wouldn't if you came up with stuff that's good. That's not good. Like, who sat around a table and thought that was good? You know, that's not a good... I mean, we're talking about this book, which is kind of a cartoon comic book. It's not fantastic, but it's better than what they did in that. You know? But whatever. It's probably Back just... A bunch- chapter 16. Let's leave yeah, that those are really. Let's that's that's really the two things that I had an issue with. In the yeah. Movie. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, actually, I do like the movie. You never know it. <laughs> Donald, Glo- Donald Glover is awesome. He is amazing. And I'm so sad that the movie did poorly because I wanted to see more, you know, spin out of this. So uh, I'm very disappointed. So but chapter let's, 16, let's, 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 Thank you. Let's, let's go to a politics chapter. <laughs> yeah, great. Hey, all right, we're going to we're gonna scream out of the mod. Are they going to make it? Are they not going to make it? Turn the page. Let's have a conversation for a chapter. Hey, this has to happen, though. I mean, we can't throw all of these chapters under the bus. It's okay. And I like old Gantoris and his people on Eelshaw. I'm fine with these conversations. Okay, that one is fine, where they're trying to figure out where to place him. Right. I'm interested in what they're going to do with his people. I like Gantoris. Yep, let's put him on Dantooine. Seems like a good place. Talk with Mon Mothma. 
about where should we put the Jedi Academy. That's good. Right. I like that. Now let's talk more about the twins and her being a parent again. Or just, you know, pushing all off on winter anyway. Yeah, right. Yeah, if there's something that I really think is weird, it's how much, yeah, uh, Leia and, and Han are not parents to these kids. They are just being raised by surrogate parents. One of them a droid with no emotions, <laughs> except for Prissy. Like, your kids are going to be screwed up. Like, but see, these I kids are screwed up. They're going to be screwed up. I, I think that's very realistic of people who have parents who are, you know, senators or... You know, high-end political figures. So you think Obama's kid, like Obama, would allowed his kids to be raised by droids? They're raised. They're raised by a nanny. Yeah, (laughs) that's that's what rich people do. That's true. We obviously you're raised by a nanny. That's Leia was probably raised by a nanny. She was a princess for crying out. I would have liked to have seen then a chapter, although people would have think this is boring though. But I think it would be a good make good then to have that be a struggle between Leia. And Han, because Han was not raised as an aristocracy of kind of like, I don't get this. I don't like this, you know, raising by droids and the kids should be with us and learning to stand up for themselves. Right. Well, depends. How else do you get the name Solo unless you're an orphan? Yeah. There is no canon. Erase the. There is no canon. Sorry, but <laughs> even though we're, we're talking about all these things about you know the talk about the twins, her raising them, I do like her conversation when they go up to the high rises with Steen as he's standing up there in his patchwork jumpsuit and he's I love up on the edge of the too much. Yeah, I I really I really love I like him because yeah that would be me in a big city. <laughs> well, I, I, before all this, before all this. That 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 was yeah. I agree with you, Bob. That's like oh god, there's too many people. Right. No, I just want to see people. <laughs> I just want to hug. <laughs> right. Yeah. That'll so hug. seventeen. We yep. now we decide. Let's you know after this little interlude layout, let's go back to the mod cluster people. That sounds more interesting. Which, intra- yeah, this is what yeah. I want to find out. What happened to these guys? Are they going to get ripped mm-hmm. apart? Well, you know, which that, makes me, yeah, go that, ahead. That was something we were kind of like bringing up last time. Yeah. Um, you know, they, this book has a bad habit of cutting in between, you know, like a high stakes situation and like, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm mom of the year and I give my kids to uh, other people. It's like, well, you got to like, it just like, con- like it loses momentum. Yeah, you know, like yeah. Bob said, the coital rhythm is wrong. The coital rhythm is all off on this. Wrong yeah. series. I mean, <laughs> you gotta slow down a little bit during the passport. No, now, yeah, chapter fifteen. Ch- chapter fifteen was a, a huge old pullout, and I, yeah, I didn't like it. <laughs> so seventeen, they're going through the ma, and you know, it's a ma, so you don't expect anything to be in there other than black yeah. holes and everything, and they run into four star destroyers. Yeah, yeah, um, that's something we had learned about um, beforehand, right? The um, it's got a name. I remember. Um, I don't remember. <laughs> that th- this was in the book earlier, right? Or at least maybe. Am I crazy? Are you mixing the books up again? I might be about what the books up. are we? What are we talking about? I thought uh, we had the learned about star these destroyers? star destroyers in the Maw Cluster already. 
I don't think that they've been brought up, uh, but but they will be. There's going to be a lot of inner monologue once we get to Admiral Dawn and and yeah. the four Star Destroyers and why they're there. Um, okay. But what I more of my thing with this is this is I think probably when I look back at myself as a child and I see uh, Psalms uh, there in the chat. Yeah, when we used to hang out. Together, um, this is what kind of created in our minds that star destroyers were incredibly powerful um and that just four of them you could do a lot of damage with and and control a sector of space which is why say like don't want to throw it under the bus but the new star wars movie when you have like a thousand of them like it's just then it becomes too much and it's almost like overload and you're like i don't even care at this point well, that's why you know <laughs> like a playground fight it's like a playground fight where it's like i i have five star destroyers no i have 10 stars yeah. i have infinity yeah well my my <laughs> star destroyers are made out of steel everybody hates that everybody hated that kid the rich kid that had 15 steelies in his marble collection <laughs> You're yeah, supposed to like have how old are yeah, you? Like some, like Samson. These were the epitome of power. You didn't play marbles in elementary school. No, I had nobody a Game Boy. Marbles, Bob. Nobody, I nobody played, played marbles. We, we still played marbles in elementary school. That is not true, Claude. You're that trying is absolutely to throw your, true. You are in trying to throw yourself back to an older generation. Like in my elementary school, we played marbles. No, no. Yeah, back in 1905 when he was in elementary we played, school. We played wall sofa. We played wall sofa. Anybody else? Early eight, back me up, people out there. Start throwing stuff at the chat. Start throwing stuff at uh, Facebook. And uh, I almost said Schoology. Uh, <laughs> start throwing stuff. We still played marbles in the early 80s. Wall sofa and Foursquare. That's what people were playing. Maybe Tetherball if we you were lucky enough to have Foursquare. Yeah, who, what do you play, Jacks? And yeah, what? No, <laughs> we, we didn't play Jacks, but we played Jackson. Marbles. I'm telling you, Jackson Stickball. Klob has this view of himself where he's wearing one, leave it to beaver hats or whatever, and he's like walking down the street with one of those paddles and a ball, just like, hey, let's go down and get some, let's get some Archie comics. Hey, you know, <laughs> you know, we play stickball. Then we go back Archie to the Hooverville, where if I was lucky, mom would have dinner made. <laughs> You didn't read Archie comics. Now you're going to tell me you read Archie comics? Nobody reads this Archie This kid comics. played marbles. <laughs> and, and read Archie <laughs> comics. <laughs> Grandpa Glob. Oh, man. I'm trying to get a better angle on that picture. <laughs> I, can, I can see the sweater, and that's all that matters to me. <laughs> Oh, I gotta sit I back on that one. I have that I sweater in an, adult, in, an adult, in an adult size right now. So, anyway, oh, Neil, what, Neil, what's up? Get on with it, God. <laughs> okay, Monty Python. All right. So, no more tangents. Carry on, Neil. Where we okay, so force our destroyers thread through the maw. We find the star destroyers, and holy crap, there's still star destroyers. Right. Right. Um, yeah, let's just talk about this entire installation because here we. Are care what shows up in the chapter but i always like this ma installation so this is a installation that was set up by tarkin uh a kind of top secret even vader didn't know about it right i don't think vader knew about it Uh, neither knew yeah nobody knew about it uh kind of tarkin's kind of deal and he weirdly had what um admiral dalla who is over this is kind of this fiery red 
kind of weird Mara Jade ripoff in some ways, but well, I, I like I don't her. Think it's a Mara Jade ripoff, but I do applaud you know where this is going, and I mm-hmm. will say this is the first within real can that is uh, a female commander. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because this would be pre-Star uh, Trek female commander. This is pre-Voyager. Admiral Admiral Dalla, uh, we find out, was like a lover of Tarkin's, which was kind of a weird... Uh, yeah. Um, which, which just makes him even older and creepier. Yes, very <laughs> It makes much. him creepier, and it makes her, I think, more sympathetic because we kind of find yeah. her in a position of using that Right, like I don't, I get that she kind of loved him, but kind of didn't. Like I feel like they're kind of mutually using each other, but yet well, she's I, still... I think I, oh. I think I think she loved him like you, you know, like you like you love a good boss. But yeah, not in a yeah, romantic. yeah. It's but, like, like respected yeah. him and like like loved him, loved loved him as her commanding officer, and he just kind of evidently used that to ban. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Yep, not having those same thoughts. Anywho. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's Any... weird to me, Neil, that you're just flo- you're just circling boxes in my screen. Now. He's ascended Good. beyond human form. Better. He's ascended. So ascended, <laughs> Neil. The next ascended Neil to be sitting there. Neil, so what are the we internet, at, Neil? Just energy. Uh, where we're at, they tried... I really liked how Han tried to get by using Imperial codes. Uh, yeah, it's right. not working. The code is verbal. Oh, um, yeah. Try this. Yeah, that's uh, not it. Where the? When was yeah. the last time I was in a ship like this? Uh, where the shuttle ended. Uh. <laughs> right, and I can't remember if it's here or not, but um, definitely Kevin J. Anderson does rip off some things. Almost, I feel I'm. Rem- mm. I think I'm remembering this right out of the movies, and I feel almost it's too heavy-handed. Like. Isn't there kind of like a fly casual kind of lump that happens here? Oh, I kind of have expected him to blast the radio and go boring conversation anyways. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> There's that kind of stuff. But uh, I don't think they see it yet, or do they see it at this point? There is a Death Star that is sitting in there. It's a, it's a really cool uh, yeah. skeletal one. It's, a, it's not completed. It's just a skeletal one, um, which is cool. Um and then uh, we we haven't found it yet, but this is where we will get the next Uber weapon, the Sun Crusher. So I was always thinking, you know, at this point in the book, I was thinking, oh boy, here we go, third star or uh, Death Star, we have, but Yay. not the case. Mm-hmm. Yay. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know, and I'm coming at something this. that I'm gonna I'm gonna throw Kevin J. Anderson for being very non-inventive with his uh, threats to the galaxy. Mm-hmm. Uh, in all of his books, he just likes. To super weapons he just thinks it's part of the star wars formula which i guess it was i mean hey three movies and you had to go to a death star twice you know yeah and i mean i don't know i'm coming at this at a and probably neil was too i don't know when the first time you read these books was neil uh december december okay so we're both coming at this after watching episode seven so it's you know and maybe this was more exciting the first time around but you know and but for me, it was well. I already, I already kind of saw that in a movie, so I don't really. <laughs> you know, I'm just, I'm coming. The, my order of operations is off on this equation. Well, right. and yeah, no, when, uh, when yeah. like Bob and I first read these books, and we went through all this too. 
I mean, this was just, okay, all right, so now we got a ship that can destroy a planet. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, look, there's a female, you know, the, the emperor was famous for being specious and sexist, you know? Right. Oh, Hey, we have a female command or a female admiral. Oh, wait. Yeah. The sun crushers. Well, am I thinking of the wrong? Yeah. I, I, I no forgot. Sun the, sun I forgot. The sun crusher was a ship. Yep. It, it is. is a never ship. mind. You're sun you're crusher thinking, is a ship. Oh, my brain. You're thinking of star killer base, star killer yeah. base. But isn't there is something in the books like that though, where it like eats a sun. Right? That wasn't an original idea. Well, this destroys the sun. This maybe is that, maybe that's, that's why I don't know. I'm done crusher. I'm all backwards. Well, no, that's what they do. I mean, that's what they're doing at Starkiller Base. I mean, they're destroying entire systems. It effectively is doing the same thing that the Sun Crusher is, you know. But I would say that that movie's not very original either in what it's trying to do in terms was, of the overall that movie wasn't story. Supposed to be original, it was It was a reintroduction. It was a it was a soft reboot, soft reboot, which is fine. Um, so we get to chapter eighteen, and as all of this is going on, we find out that Luke and Lando just show up. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, Luke and Lando go over and cut her. You know they try to they they try to show how do you show up as Luke and Luke Skywalker and Lando Calrissian anywhere that has any type of relationship with the outside world, right? And pretend that you're somebody and you know and pretend that you're somebody else. Yeah. You know, oh, I mean, we didn't real we didn't realize it was Matthew McConaughey and Brad Pitt that walked into a, the dive. Yeah, they had right. the they had the baseball cap and the sunglasses on. I couldn't. Yeah, tell. exactly. Yeah, it's the Marvel thing with the baseball cap and the sunglasses. Marvel. Well, and especially like at at this point, uh, all the artists and comic book artists and stuff working in the Star Wars universe at the time would show Luke constantly in his. Uh, Return yeah. of the Jedi jumpsuit and robes. Like, when he, no matter where he goes, he looks like Jedi Luke, and he's got well, that light. And this, they do mention that he goes into a flight suit that has no or insignias anywhere. Yeah. So maybe. Oh, I could see him get it again. I, I, I think we're meant to think that all. At this point, we have never been introduced. At this point, you know, like talking about like 96, 97, we'd never been introduced, I don't think, to what media was like in the Star Wars universe since then. I mean, mm. gosh, we have tons of that. But, um, you yeah, know, nobody you're, would necessarily. Nobody would light years. You're sending, you're sending signals. You're doing all this. That, you know, hey, these are the guys, this is the dude that blew up the Death Star that started the new government. But would they know that? Well, I guess they would know Luke from blowing up the first Death Star. But I don't and know. I can't, think, just... I can't think of his name right now. But he's the uh, what? He's the sniper who died years a couple years ago. But he was the big the big time sniper, Bradley Cooper. American sniper. American sniper. But that Tom guy. Even, the, even though I can't think of his name right now, if you showed me a picture of him, I'd be like, yeah, that's the sniper. Right. Right. True. I. I yeah. I get it. Tom Berenger, one shot, one kill. That's not him. That's a different movie. Nope. Wrong. No, that's not that. <laughs> Tom, Tom Berenger is an actor. I mean, he played a that sniper was the in a movie. Point. Yes, he played in Probably. the sniper okay. movie. <sighs> Which were classic. Anyway. anyway. So with that uh, argument, so they, they're, they're going around going like, hey, we're nameless. Nobody's going to recognize us. And they run into this dude named Tim. Uh, no, yeah. wrong, wrong. Did you go? No, it's better. Timo. No, you're wrong. What just happened? 
Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. So, I'm trying to read. I'm, I'm trying to read Bob's notes and remember him. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, they end up acting as Timo to try to get into the installation. They're not going to oh, go in. Hey, right. Lando Calrissian. Yeah, they're yeah, going to know his name. I mean, one like they joke. Yeah, see how it says it says right there. Luke is nameless, and Lando is by a wealthy blockhead named Timo. You are correct. They're going in and trying to spend Timo. I'm going to call him Timo. (laughs) I'm going to try. But Morth Duel is all kind of creepy here. (laughs) Like he's wearing his weird glove on his head, taking glitter stim, and I mean he's a junkie. He's a guy who's dealing in glitter stim. Uh, but he's using it himself, and oh, yeah, he's, he's, just... he's always going off his own product, which you never right. do. Yeah, you don't get high yeah. on your own supply, man. Come on. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's what I hear. But because they've just blasted off planet, Luke's Jedi senses. Because Luke is just like the whole time putting out his little Spidey sense, trying to find Han, and there's nothing. He's not finding anything, so he believes he could be, um, which would be a cool kind of like tense moment except that we know that han's not dead <laughs> so we're just kind yeah. of wondering how what's going to happen here uh you know uh are they going to get captured are they going to be put in the spice mines what's yeah it? you're right it'd be good if we didn't so, cut on back a... to han but if like we didn't hear from him for like the rest of the book that could cause like some tension that right probably they probably really he probably should have well, cliffhanged on the escape from the from kessel where we would have thought that Han was dead, and then then we flash to this, and he's sensing, and we got the Jedi telling us Han is dead. Oh, and then we jump forward and find out. Oh no, wait, he made it into the monster. Well, so, with that they, though, we do have a problem because as they're going and observing this facility, one of the guards even says, "Hey, we haven't found the Wookiee yet at all." So they're already alluding to the fact that they're still alive. This book is very comic bookish. It's very com. It is not um, written at, at an uber sophisticated level. It's just fun. This is a popcorn. Uh, I would say a popcorn book. You get your pages all greasy that book. way. That would yeah. Be you great. just you yeah. just sit with what a big tub of popcorn and you just eat it. Read this book. Get it all greasy. Bring it back to the library for the next. Per- Corn pages. Corn. Tell me, tell me. This is why I hate library books uh, a lot of times because you know, you know, you're sitting there, you open the page, and there's that brown smear on that page, mm. and you're like, "What is that?" Poop. You know, I. It's always nothing. I, there is nothing I hate worse than opening up a library book and seeing some sort of finding poop. <laughs> I'm not saying it's poop. Actually, it is just an errant stain yeah. in a book, and I don't know. I've found blood in library books before. And I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> okay, kids, Neil, Neil, a library was this big building that you used to be able to go to and get books. <laughs> Neil, bring us through. What's going on? So, where are we going from here? Uh, no, I would like Uncle Clob to take this one without looking at the notes for chapter 19. No. Oh, sorry. I guess it's kind of hard to do. I'm old because I don't have... I'm old. I have memory issues, okay? Oh, yeah. Okay. It's all right. <laughs> chapter it's 19, all right. we get the wonderful... Because of the chapters. Uh-huh. Yeah, I was doing that as a lead-in, you said. So, anyway, she got here, and... Oh, they it's only going to get street. worse. Clob, stop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all good. <laughs> 
<laughs> Anywho, she brings up and she does her inner monologue, like Bob, inner monologue, like Bob was talking about earlier on how she ended up getting here. She had been trained at the Imperial facility on, is it Carida or Carida? Carida. Okay. I've always, I always pronounce it Carida. Who knows? I mean, I don't. Know. There's probably an actual. It's in a cartoon, but... and somebody can correct us, but I don't care. It's all made up. I don't care. <laughs> so in Carida, she ended up being, you know, discriminated because she was the only woman, essentially. So she, I really like her way of how she ended up going about moving up in the ranks, though. Here, showing off how smart she actually was. Right. And she ended up creating this whole false persona of who she was. These great ideas. And, of course, Tarkin figured out who it actually was, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it, actually, yeah, I agree, because in my notes, I did make a note to it. Um, she does hook up with Tarkin, and Tarkin, he must have some skills, because uh, she's never been with anybody else since Tarkin. Um, yeah, they do make that call on there, yeah. The, uh, the memories were enough, or the fantasy was enough. Uh, that's gross. She's never... Yeah. She's never... <laughs> She has never cut her hair either, so she is kind of like this Crystal Gale of the Star Wars years. That's only for our 70s listeners. Sorry. Oh my gosh. <laughs> She's Carol Baskin. Um, <laughs> we talked about that during the Quarant Tavern talk. It's fine. <laughs> but anyway, during this, um, she ends up putting poor Mr. Solo back into interrogation and torture methods, and he basically tells her, yeah, you've lost like seven years ago. Mm-hmm. You kind of suck. Yeah, right. Yeah, there's nobody's coming for it. There's yeah. no silver lining. Now that I know you, now that now that we know you're here, we're gonna come crush you. Right. Well, and I I do like that Kevin J. Anderson doubled down on this idea that Tarkin was all about rule by the fear of force rather than by force itself, and so that's why he's so into super weapons. That's why he's got this monstellation for research into super weapons, that that was his whole plan. That is his kind of one-trick pony. Uh, his MO is to create gigantic weapons to destroy systems so that it keeps everybody in line. That's well, kind of his only go-to. You look at where we were here, too, in the 90s, where we were dealing, where, you know, as, a, as Earth, we were dealing with people like Saddam Hussein, uh, Omar Gaddafi, you know these warlords that rule. That's how they ruled, and so that's very much a character type. As you know, things go. Well, I think you could also say it's a reflection of the time as we're we're coming out of the Cold War. So in the Cold War, if you're really being like about two powers that have established weaponry, right? Uh, Death Correct. Stars, and now all of a sudden we're seeing, yeah, rogue nations. Uh, little cells that have the same power um, and how they burn themselves out on that. You know, um, they're going to go for brain because they, they have, they're boosted by this power of a weapon. Yeah. Um, good call, Club. I like, hmm, interesting. Yeah, and um, the first I name love... drop here. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Bob. Oh, yeah, sorry. I was going to say, uh, Mo, mine's not important. I'm just going to say I really like the naming of the four Star Destroyers. I think it's important to me that Star, Destro Star Destroyers are like a character, you know, and which is why I, I've always Correct. thought that that one Star Destroyer was called the Executioner, and it's actually called the Executor or whatever. Yeah, the, the, the name you thought it was is cooler. 
so yeah, much. Yeah, well, I'm like, why would you call the executor? That sounds like you're a businessman in a suit, just handing paper to people. Or just a well, big the executor. No, the, exe- the executor. The executor is Vader's star destroyer. I know, but when I used to read it as a kid, I thought it was the executor. Why wouldn't it be pronounced executor? They're just more of a fan <laughs> of the Pokemon. That's all. <laughs> but um, we've got uh, the Manticore, the Basilisk, the Hydra, and the Gorgon, which are the that, Basilisk. Cool. I, I like Basilisk. That's a cool name for a Star Destroyer. No, well, you just you said it especially, wrong. I was just correcting you. That's all. Especially, especially. Oh, did I? Oh, especially you called it the Basilisk. Um, did I? Yeah, yeah. it, it, it could have been the internet connection. Know what, when you know what it's they the are. Internet. And how feared they were through, you know, like Greek mythology, the Gorgon, the Hydra, the Basilisk, the Manicor. I mean, these were things that killed thousands. This is a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. It doesn't make sense they have these Greek mythology names. That's fair. Why would would they call anything a falcon? That means there's a falcon. I know. I'm just saying, some of these things don't fully make sense, but it's a fantasy. It's just fantasy transposed on a... Gallic. Well, yeah. who are we to say? Who are we to say as human beings that you know we wouldn't evolve the same kind don't, of? Don't don't try to justify. No, that's it's the TARDIS translation <laughs> metri- matrix, just making it make sense in your brain. That's all. There you go. I like that. <laughs> mm. They speak English. True, there. That's true. We get the name drop that the new weapon is the Sun Crusher. Crusher. Yeah, we do. Yeah. I admit it. When I first heard this name, I thought that was ridiculous. Yep, Sunday, I agree. Sorry. Sunday, Sunday, um, not at the Coliseum. It's the cease Bigfoot. Right, Man, and I don't want to paint the, the picture of like like myself and everybody that was into Star Wars at this time being like little fanboys who loved everything because this was endless hours of irritation between my cousins and I mm-hmm. sleeping late nights on the floor in sleeping bags, yelling about how Kevin J. Anderson. He needs to pull his head out of his butt because <laughs> we hated that. We, we, I mean, little 16-year-old, 15, 16-year-old kids laying around irritated uh, by by this. Yeah, uh, the Sun Crusher is really lame. That's It's a really dumb so, idea. Funny story. When I was in, I want to say, sixth or seventh grade, a couple of my friends were talking. We were, you know, playing Star Wars and that sort of thing. And they brought up, well, I've got the Sun Crusher, and I hadn't read the books. I'm like, well, what's it do? And they explain what it does and all that. And I go, you're making that up. That can't be real. <laughs> no, seriously, that's what it is. It can't be damaged. It does all this. Yeah, it has its stupid, like, rainbow plate scale armor. And what's what's his deal? What's his deal with liking that? Because there's that snake that's on Gantoris' planet that has kind of the same deal. Has those weird scales that can't be destroyed by lava. And then the Suncrasher kind of has that weird armor that... Feels to me the same thing. I don't. He just likes this. Mm, I don't know. He likes this uber power stuff. I don't get it. Yeah. Well, we'll figure out what we get further with the Sun Crusher talk. So, chapter twenty, take it away. Will we get further? Will we get further? Ambassador Fergan and the Carida dignitaries show up. Another super boring chapter. Um, This is just the the the. They just want to show up. Uh, they're making this pretense of showing up on uh, Coruscant uh, like they're going for peace. And uh, really, they're just there to kind of snub the nose of the New Republic, saying we're only to uh, honor our great dead emperor. We mm. really couldn't care less about your 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 peace talks and everything. 
Yeah. Um, Fergus just a douche all around. He is. And this is making Leia mad. She, what we alluded to earlier, she knows she's never with her kids. And mm. she's irritated that she has to make this pretense of meeting with an ambassador who really doesn't, isn't there for the right reasons, uh, you know, taking her away from her kids. And I understand. And mm. you know what? My, and, and hey, my husband's out there with his best friend bopping around the galaxy and hasn't called me in the three weeks. Yeah. This is kind of a dysfunctional family. I yeah. don't know how this family would actually in a real world continue to exist. Yeah. I, it's pretty tough. It's pretty tough. But I still enjoyed it. <laughs> I like the cactus. Oh, yeah. is cactus fun? The weird tentacled cactus that serves food. Serves hors d'oeuvres. <laughs> Great divorce. Yeah, I hate every time I run across that word in a book. I got I stumble. Yeah, <laughs> horrors de ubers. Yeah. I always say horrors divorce. Always, yep. and then I'm like, so, oh wait, hors d'oeuvres. Yeah, they've closed all the strip clubs. There's no more horrors de ubers. <laughs> horse horse duvers. They're not closed. They're just clothed. Horse. Yes, doovers. they're clothed. I did see that. I did see I did that see as that well. One, but the one Sorry, social distancing, yeah, yeah. There's really only one important thing that I kind of took out of this chapter twenty is that his way of snubbing them is like Bob was saying, not just put his nose up in her face. It's actually throwing wine into Mon Mothma's yeah. face, and that will yeah. come into play a lot later. But at the time, I honestly did not think about it. Yeah, no, I didn't either. Actually, mm. um, I thought it was just so. a nice insult method. I mean, take it, throw in face, done. Right. Well, and it's we'll just again, it just impacts it just impacts and it shows mm-hmm. just how much of a dick this guy really is. Right. Yeah, true. True. <laughs> true. So uh, chapter twenty one. Luke, what'd you think of that chapter? Still just fun politics politic and fun? Why are we skidding out on this politics chapter? <laughs> uh, on chapter twenty yeah, one. Yeah, we'll go to twenty one here, Luke. What yeah, do you let's think, go to bud? 20, uh, um, you know, honestly, in the the version of this, that I, I read the abridged version, and I, I think I had a much better time than everybody who did like the long route because I don't like yeah. this is just all just kind of like man that kind of happened like it was just like bullet point yeah. at the end. Most yeah. of this, most of like this said, stuff. There's a lot of yeah. yeah. Like I said on the first episode, uh, Luke, I'm with you. Is when I re- originally I read the full, <laughs> version, but what I did it this time, I just audibled the uh, which I mm-hmm. again I didn't realize at the time. I said this during the first book because <laughs> all of this stuff, all of this stuff, I just kind of forgot because it wasn't important. I'm pretty so doing, sure doing the abridged. I did the abridged version, you know, this time as well. Right. Well, the important things that happen in this one uh, is that we get this whole again thrown back to Empire Strikes Back. We get the hand torture scene going on, you know, Dallas torturing him. But we uh, meet a Quizoot. Yeah. Uh, is that how everybody's saying it? Quizoot. I just said Qui and left the last part alone. Okay, yeah, and usually they'll just say Qui. Um, but so I like this, uh, this is very cold war kind of Oppenheimer kind of stuff Mm -hmm. to me where you have a scientist working on a mega weapon who then, uh, is like, although this is not like Oppenheimer, but, uh, is unaware of what they're creating. Uh, and and yeah, yeah, the empire is not going to use it for that. They're going to use it for far. Yeah. 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 Did you know? Like, Empire. they call it the 
deaths are you, twit? World <laughs> oh <my laughs> Devastator for mining. Yeah, yeah. The Sun Crusher. Yes, this is for endless energy for plant-based economies. And it's, it's basically it's basically a uh, it's basically the generator from. Uh, uh, it's going to be free and en- it's going to be free energy. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. There's one quick thought otherwise other than just meaning Kui is Kip gets to come back for a little bit here. Yeah. Talks about his past. His parents were rebels essentially arrested. His brother got put into um what's the word I'm looking for? Forced into the army. What's the word I'm looking for? I can't think of he was enlisted or uh he wasn't enlisted, he was forced. What was it? Um English boy, come on up here. I have no idea what you're talking about. He got forced <laughs> into the... There's no way for it. He was like drafted, forcibly drafted into the... <coughs> like... But... Well, and I, um, I looked at this. I looked at this. I mean, this is the inspiration. Conscripted. You know, at, thank there, you. Thank you. Thank you, follower this is Paul. of the... Paul. You know, <laughs> thanks, Paul. You're the best <laughs> teacher we, on this podcast. <laughs> um... This is sets up a character that I think is underutilized. Yes. Um, it's a, it's a, a yes. So if you if you go on in the like when we get to the end of this trilogy, um, they're gonna try to tug at our hearts heartstrings with old Seth here. Not doing it. They did not set up Seth yeah. uh, enough. Well enough. No. 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 But I will say after rereading this um, this time around, re-listening to it or whatever. This time around, again, I kind of grab, I kind of grasp at the straw that have, you know, that the new movies have taken from the old book. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, th- this is well, the whole idea of Finn talking about he was taken as a kid. Yeah, yeah. In the new movies. Yeah. You know, there is, sorry, there, yeah, there is very little in the new movies that, that, that is original. It is it, most, uh, you know, you, you can point being done somewhere, whether or not that's anybody new. I mean, these are very basic archetypes. So, uh, you know, I don't know. Yeah. But see, I think, I think reading it this time, I got more out of the Kip Duran backstory here where he's drugged and high than right. I did the first time around. Oh. Right. Right. But I, I do think we, we have we have a pivotal character moment here that comes out of all this with Kip though, um, where he vows at the end of this that he will never be helpless again. Um and so that's gonna be a big thing. I mean, we've got this kid who is, you know, his parents uh, you know were were killed or or, or put into prison well, and, and he, that's... he ser- he served as a slave. And so he vows to never be powerless again. That's what's going to frame what he's going to do from here on. If, I do think Kip Duron is the one of the best characters out of this trilogy. They correct. He, yeah. he's fleshed out correct. Very. And that's that's a universal idea too. I mean, that's right. that's a universal you know moment you know because at some point, uh, right, wrong, or indifferent we've all as the human race is just human beings and it's different it's different variables and it's different things you know had that point where we felt we were helpless and you know we get when we get through it we look back and go okay i'm never i 
I don't care what's happening. I'm never going to do that again, whether it be job wise or relationships or whatever it happened, or, you know, some issues with your parents or, you know, your home life, whatever it happens to be. I mean, that's the building character moment where Mm -hmm. you have that idea of, okay, I'm never going through. I'm, I'm never going to be homeless again. Right. Um, I was only homeless for two months and I had a job and money. So it's not like it was that bad, but um, <laughs> weird reveals coming halfway through the show. Yikes. I, 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 was only, I was only home. I was only homeless because I broke up with the girl I was living with and it was her house. That's not, that's not homeless. You're couch surf. Come on. Yeah. Technically. Yeah. But, yeah. but that's also, that's also something that again, rereading it this time i went oh yeah you know what i'm never gonna feel like that again and i think rereading this as an older person there's a lot in here that you know 14 15 16 year old me didn't really get the first time oh yeah right right me being now me being now you know (gasps) me being old i'm like yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember feeling that. I remember having some of these experiences at some point in my life. And I think Anderson does a very good job at kind of bringing those out and, you know, and, and tugging at kind of our universal heartstrings a little bit. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah. uh, chapter 22, we jump I, in with Luke and Landon. Hang on a second, Bob. Hang on, oh, hang on, hang on. I got an whoa, idea whoa. here. Let's jump and do chapter 24. Do 23, 20, 22, 23, 25, 26, 27, 28, and 29 all together because they all let's kind of put together with their thoughts. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. So let's the, jump the whole, the whole Lando kind of scenario, right? Yes. Yeah. Because all of. So 24 is Leia's storyline, which is really separate from what happens with everyone else. Right. Good idea. Yeah. Let's do so, it. 24, again, we're jumping ahead. We'll come back to 22, 23, and keep going. But 24, we go back to Leia. She's politicking. She's overworked. Right. Yikes. That was kind of the summary. I mean, yeah, pretty much. Her and Mom find a place for the Jedi to go. Right. But Um, what I hear, I was reading it again today, is they're sitting there looking at a computer screen, so we, the reader, would be able able to look at said screen as well but they intentionally don't say the name of this planet where they're going to right i mean it's not like a big thing i mean mm. it's giving you that suspense of ooh, where'd they pick but isn't well, it isn't it old mon mothma that comes in at the chapter and tells where it is yes yeah she comes in which can i just say the audiobook read keeps calling her moan mothma and i i just mm. wanted to kill somebody yeah, uh, not the bridge version. The oh, not the not the audible version. Okay. Yeah, ma, moan, moan, moth, uh, made me want to scream. Um, yeah, that, that's cho- just a gross name. First of all, it really is awful. This is a choice though that I fully support. I love the Jedi Academy being on. Uh, mm-hmm. When you look at Yavin, it's a place that's established. I mean, it does. You could say it's it's keeping Star Wars too small. We're already recycling planets. Why can't you make your own new planet? It just seems to fit those uh, those Mayan looking temple ruins in Yavin Four. That's exactly where Jedi should be training. That's exactly where I. 
that and that's put it into my mind when then when we were in Coruscant in the in the prequel trilogy and they were in this city in this temple it didn't feel right to me i felt like jedi were life and like tibetan monks they should be on a hilltop surrounded by lush jungle somewhere not in a city in their stupid looking building well and i think uh, bob i completely agree with you on this and i completely agree with you in that i can understand like if you go to you know Tokyo or you go to places in China and larger cities and then all of a sudden you just have the temple in the middle of the city because the city was built around the temple. Right. Uh, but right. I, I, I like the idea of bringing Yavin 4 back into it because again it it, put, it puts some limit and that was kind of one of the things with the newer movies that I did kind of miss because yeah, yes the universe is this vast you know huge place but if you're going to have a government, your government has to have some restraint, mm-hmm. which means you're going to be in the same place every now. You're, right. You can't always be on a different brand new, brand new and exciting mm-hmm. planet. There's going to have to be boundaries. Some. Well, I'm, I'm actually I'm going to argue on the other side that, of course, Kevin J. Anderson put it on Yavin 4 because he really hasn't brought much to this universe. No, no. He is I mean, recycling you know, and reacting. He's recycling. Yeah. You know, I guess no. the Sun Crushers knew. Yeah. He's come up with some new characters who are really just tertiary. Like, it, they're not really... I, I'm assuming Kip brings something huge to this, because that, that's the vibe I'm getting from him. Yeah, but but at the same time, he's not bringing a lot. No. Sun Crusher isn't too new, because you can just go with, like, naming structure. Okay, so you got Star Destroyers, you've got Death Stars. Mm-hmm. Okay, Sun Crushers, what's going to be next? You know, Galaxy Mushers. Uh, you know, I... Uh, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> this is the right. Universe Stomper. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It messes with our gravitational fields. It connects all gravitational fields of all systems and pulls them together, uh, you know, into some singularity. (laughs) No, that's a potato smasher. (laughs) The galaxy musher. Musher. (laughs) God, probably would work, though. Probably. I'm sorry, if you need to do the Star Wars, you need need to do the Star Wars shot of the galaxy musher. Oh, yes. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) the empire has devised a sinister new weapon the galaxy musher no oh man although the naming structure has always been off because i mean the star destroyer doesn't destroy a star no it destroys planets yeah and it's the the size of a moon the death star isn't a star nor does it destroy stars it only destroys planets so i don't know it's okay it's okay. We have Luke and Lando are doing their thing down on Kessel, which right. will end up meeting up with Chewie, Kip, and Han's thing coming out of the Maw. So right. that's where we're at. That these two storylines are going to converge and be mashed together in the Galaxy Masher. Right. right. And, yeah, I, right. I, and I, I think they, they do a... Uh, he does a pretty good job. Uh, I think that the, the chapter we just reviewed uh, is like the speed bump that happens in all this. I'm actually pretty interested in what's going on with Lando and Luke. There's kind of this nice interplay that's happening with Morth Duel, where he's trying not to slip up and give away the fact that they've been there, and eventually that will be found out that they were there, right? Don't they? Yep, they found. They find, yeah. Yeah, they find the Millennium Falcon. 
uh, which is a con- a convenient way to get the Millennium Falcon back. I mean, yeah. this is a good way to well, get course. it back. <laughs> and I, I like this dynamic between between Luke and Lando too here, because it just kind of proves that you know that everybody's you know Lando is yes Lando was originally Han's friend, but you know with everything that's gone on, he and Luke have become close as well. You know, right. it's the idea you know with the fact that Bob and I can go on missions, Neil and Bob or Neil and I can also go on missions. Right, but I like right. I like I, I like that dynamic and that kind of building of, hey, these two guys are actually really close. Yes, mm-hmm. which, and, which they should be. I, they've been bonded through a galactic struggle. You, there'd be you know uh, kind of unspoken things between them that two people would never share. Uh, you know, two right. other people would never share. They they they've been bonded now. And I, I like those dynamics. Uh, my favorite kind of star Wars is, is with this core group doing their. Mm-hmm. Correct. And my, fa- and, and my favorite, you know, my favorite, actually, whether you're looking at star Wars or Trek or, you know, or even, you know, Dr. Who or any of the other ones um, that you look at, I like, I, I, I like the buddy. Mm-hmm. Right. I like the idea I, I, where it's 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 not just the one character that's going off to save the world. Yeah. Here we are, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, here we have, you know, either the group saving the world or, or the galaxy or whatever, or you have hey, we okay, again, we have we have the the buddy the, it's the buddy cop. Film. Yes. It's right. Le- it's right. lethal weapon in space. Yeah. Luke 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 yes. Luke is Luke, Luke is uh Oh, not me. <laughs> Luke is uh, Mel Gibson and uh Lando is Dan- <laughs> Yeah. Right. Fair. So then we should talk about so so why does uh what happens here back in the Ma installation we got Queezu who then learns that her people like all of a sudden it's like a light switch has been thrown and she mm-hmm. learns that her people have been being used by the they are weirdly they like I don't know how to picture her. Uh, she's got like this ball haircut, kind of black haircut. Um, I take it we're supposed to think that she's really beautiful. Does she have yellow, light blue skin? Yeah, I picture her as kind of like bird-like in all honesty. Because I think I looked up a picture one time and that was always what was stuck in my head. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Her hair is kind of like feathery, bird-like. Um, they but they live in like these honeycomb. Her people live in kind of this honeycomb thing. But we we find out that they're incredibly intelligent. But the Empire has set up this kind of system on their their where children are like just brutally sent through the ringer on testing to try to find the smartest. This is this is one of the issues that I had here. Is we had set it. We, we we set up in the mo- in the original movies. We set we've set up in the books until now on how specious the species, however you pronounce it, yep. um, yes. the empire at, the empire is, and now we come to find out that they're oh well no we 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 just didn't allow them to be commanders or anything, but we're we're using all we're using the other species that are the intelligent species as. Whereas I think it, I, I always felt it was very much set up in the original movies in the book that it's like okay if you're not human you're not gay. right yeah for sure yeah. and that's why Thrawn was such a big freaking deal right so what do you guys feel about I'm gonna talk about the uncomfortable elephant in the room it does come up I'm sorry. I, at least it comes up for me um, 
The um, Stormtrooper being invincible? Yeah, I know. No, Zhu <laughs> herself. Um, I do feel that like a lot of weapons, uh, when you talk about fantasy and science fiction, and I don't know what anybody's feelings are on this, but um, most of them are written by, you know, white male authors so they tend to set a scenario uh a lot of the successful ones seem to be kind of setting up their characters in a world war ii type scenario and then all alien creatures and stuff on the other side on the periphery are actually analogs for 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 contemporary racial groups right um which I don't know if it's a conscious thing or not. Kwesu, to me, feels very much riding that line where, I mean, she's an incredibly good scientist. She is described in a way that kind of sounds like an Asian look. Her name is Kwesu. And then we find out like there's this brutal kind of like training system, uh, you know, which plays into the stereotype of, you know, um, well, say I... like Japan with 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 really stringent you know, um, schooling and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Like we're shaving very close to an alien species, really close to actually just being, uh, you know, uh, uh, humans, just, just not white. I severe. Well, yeah, exactly. And I got a, out of the whole Kweishu, um, Kweishu, Kweishu, that's, uh, that's Dragonlance. Yes, that is Dragon. <laughs> well, and um, I would throw that out as well. Yeah. Well, I got a whole like, uh, okay, she's Jewish, but she's helping the Nazis vibe. Yeah. Yeah. But she doesn't. And I don't know. I don't know unaware. what the morality of that. But, she, uh, but yeah, and that's the thing is she's unaware. Oh, it really can't be that bad. Mm-hmm. No, right. this is actually the government, and I'm help. You know, and or you know, depending on which government you want to look at right now. The, oh, I'm helping the government, so it can't be that. Oh, and you cut out. Yeah, say the last part <laughs> oh, again. You really? half of that, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. You're helping the, the government half. and... Oh, oh, I'm helping the government, and, well, it's the government, so it really can't be that. Right. I'm I'm right. doing my civic duty by helping the government. And I don't... Right. I, I'm not... Bra- Bob, you, you've always been someone to definitely draw parallels from real life with whatever we're reading. Right. And I've never that didn't even cross my mind for a second. It's it's yeah. an alien species, and I mean, what the empire is doing is wrong. Yeah, but right. no, right. And also, well, I didn't see how it was spelled. No, no, the, the empire is the the empire is very much the you know very much the Cold War Soviet Union, uh, North Korea. Uh, going back to not, you know, going back Nazis. to World War II. With I, I feel they work best in that vein. They oh, they God, work yeah. best when they're like that. And I I I feel that there was a mistake even to have taken the Empire and make them not so specious. They try to make them now work with a lot of alien races and stuff. I feel it's fine if they're using them, but I think the Empire works best when they are a speciesist, not. You know, system. Well, and I see, I, and I think when we get this far into the series too, it really discounts. And I'll go back to it because we reviewed it on this podcast. I'll go back to Thrawn. that was the big freaking thing about Thrawn is the fact yeah. that he was a non-human who was respected by the Emperor and given command. 
and right. having now, okay, well, no, the, there were other species in the Empire, blah, blah, blah. I think that really discounts how much of an impact Thrawn actually Right. Well, and I, I, I think a lot of this can a lot of this can even play into like the perceived. Now, obviously, there's a lot of people who are, are truly hateful, racist pigs out there. But there was backlash, not really backlash, but some people were like, "Hey, Finn is an African American person who's a stormtrooper. Like that's something new we haven't seen before." But I understand where some people you've never seen a stormtrooper with its they were working off. They were working <laughs> off a I think they were working off a schema that is in their head because people were like Nazis, like well, the Empire exactly. is Nazis, and all we've ever seen them as is with these British accents. So they're supposed to be a bunch of pale white un, guys un, trying to take un, over the world who un, won't who work with anybody else. And see, know? that's the thing, and that's the the other side of this fact is unless they were one of the original sets of clones, we have never seen the stormtrooper take their helmet off. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and I, I actually think we're, it's a great. Actually, I think I think I, that Finn was one of the is, things I actually really liked about the. I never even thought about it. I never even thought about it. I was just like, okay, wow, okay, dude took his helmet off and he's right. black. Okay, and I, I think Finn sense. Finn so, is the greatest. Finn is the greatest character out of the new movies. One of the greatest characters out of the new movies. Uh, they did a really good job flushing him out. But I'm just saying that um, there was. There was people who would oh yeah talk there were douchebags online there, that kept yeah about. and I think there's definitely people who are racist who think that I think also there was just people who were uncomfortable with it just because I think for so long people had been living with this ingrained I think they had made them the Nazis the the the, well, the stormtroopers were not that's why we can't I mean that's why we're all doing this right now and that's why we're all on quarantine is because of the fact that. There's always Nazis. An uh, no, no, because <laughs> as human beings, we can't just live together. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's because it's called. Cloud man, let me let Ooh. me set you straight here, man. This thing's called the coronavirus, and let me let me tell you, 1947, Roswell, New Mexico. Okay, I'm gonna stop it, you right there. Uh, Toast. Uh, Beyonce had the best up. album this year. Um, what chapter are we on? It was not Roswell. It was a place called Corona. And now they've just had that on. <laughs> hey, I drank okay, that I'll Corona stop. once. I poured, I poured that out and I got myself a good old, you know. So, okay, so quick recap of what we did. 22, Luke and Lando have got the Falcon. They got Duel knowing that he did something with them. They're taking right. the Falcon. They're going towards space. Back in my cluster, Kui is definitely having her second thoughts about the fact that Dala is now saying, okay, get the crusher ready. We're going to go start going terrorist missions, killing as much as we can. Not again, Bob. God. It was aliens. The aliens did it. <laughs> oh, lizard people. Carol freaking Baskin. <laughs> Chat's on fire tonight. Okay, but anyway, so, as she finally has her, conf she gets over being conflicted, and she decides to go with her escape plan. And like um, Bob mentioned earlier, here's where we start rehashing some things. Okay, right. what was really cool about Episode One? Ah, when they dressed disguised as stormtroopers and walked through, yeah. and no one noticed them. Yep, let's do that again. Yep. Valid point. 
Yeah. yeah and no, let's it's... have Chewie look like he's our prisoner and walk with us as well. Yep, let's do that again. Good idea. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that, that does come back to what I said before. Like, he, he, Kevin J. Anderson's really not bringing a lot to this. No, no, he's not. And it's he never just... does. I mean, newsflash for you, no book he, that he writes. bringing a lot new. I still no. like Kevin J. Anderson as an author, and I like the I way that he's writing. I like the way that he's writing this, but he's but there's a lot that he's not bringing that's new. This stuff is fun. This is like a a pretty good story arc from like the Marvel com- in the mid '80s. Like if you're like, hey, good Marvel story arc. That's about the level that it's at. Where it's like, yeah. hey, great ideas. I like these characters. Um, don't think about it too much. Uh, y- yeah, you know it'd be cool. Let's team up Spider-Man and the Punisher for a quick. Yeah, for a quick <laughs> right, 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 right. Which was one of my favorite of that series from that. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no. Hey, uh, let's bring up this character called Rocket Man who rides a skateboard that has rockets on it because he's a nuclear physicist. Oh, let's make him black. Um, yeah. yeah. So. I'm like searching through the notes like, what are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) There's nobody with a rocket skateboard in this. (laughs) But so let's let's talk about this convergence that happens, right? So Luke and Lando find the the Millennium Falcon Mm -hmm. and they're blasting off the planet. Morth Duel and like his men are in hot pursuit, right? So we have them finding the Sun Crusher. And that's when they they have like fire all the lasers of it and like blast it out of whatever the holding structure the the Sun Crusher is and mm-hmm. escape the Ma cr- uh, cluster with Dala. And here's where we see Dala is not Thrawn. She is nope. she comes unglued. Mm-hmm. Like she is she is not measured. Um, but I like that about her. Uh, if there's yeah. something, We're... I'm glad that he didn't rehash the uber smart general. She is a person who is just a slave to her passions, and so uh, she is. She is literally going to destroy just about her whole fleet by the end of this. Mm-hmm. Just to catch one ship. Just to catch one it's ship. A pretty we good see ship, that though. One invulnerable ship that can't be hurt by anything. There's no point in trying to catch it because you're not going to nope. do anything to it. But let's try it anyway. But God, I, I think okay, that's so much. <laughs> I, I, I I like it's it. Like though, fighting Superman. I think it, I so yes. there's 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 two part, sides here. I think there's one part of me that really likes this because it makes Dala so so crazy. Yeah. Uh, the other part of me that doesn't like this is from a writing standpoint. I'm like, well, but you've kind of really undermined your character, and mm-hmm. I will never see her as a threat. I, I just see her as a wild card. You know, and I, okay I think I think that's because we will see that she is not the real big player. We'll see XR Kun is the big player. Well, and it just in. even just when, when you're thinking that she is the big bad, um, yeah, I, I I understand the like the way Thrawn was the stoic super genius that that's terrifying. But somebody who's like unglued and can just go any direction at any time, right. I think is worse. Like, uh, uh, is a better enemy. But like if, if I was on the opposite side, yeah. I would think that would be worse. Yeah. Right. I don't know what to expect. Right. Yeah. Right. So they end up doing this whole convergence where Luke and Lando are going towards the Ma. Mm-hmm. Han and crew are coming out, and this whole space battle happens where so the heroes are conveniently able to skirt away with each other. Yes. Put the Empire against all of Duel's poor people in space. Mm-hmm. I mean, That's hey, great. it's escape route, and now... The uh, New Republic has the Sun Crusher. 
So honestly, I'm like like say... a very unexpected ending because I, I am very used to the uh, the formula for trilogies. Mm. Like I, I, you know, Star Wars really followed it. Um, a lot of other trilogies really followed it. Where end of book two, your heroes are supposed to be in trouble, and like we're kind of coming out of this one. Like, I mean, they have the invincible ship. They're right. sitting pretty but, yeah. good. <laughs> But, you know, in all honesty, I do think he is following that original trilogy formula. Where In the first Star Wars book, hey, Death Star's defeated. They're having a celebration. Everybody's getting medals. Uh, everybody, the Rebellion's sitting really at the, uh, the end of that first movie because, you know, mm-hmm. we were unaware at the time of the scope of the Empire and that they could strike back. Um, and that's kind of what he did with this first one. Oh, is this, uh, this is only have, book one? This is only yeah, book, one. book one. Oh my so, God. So that's why I'm so confused. Okay. Yeah. yeah that's what, so they have the sun crusher <laughs> we're sitting pretty good, but yeah, we'll find out where. So the I think, I think I've, I've finished book. book two and started book three at this point then, if that's, if that's where we're at. Cause I, I'll, all I know is yeah, like, we haven't talked about the training XR Kun, none of that stuff. Okay. That's okay. No hey, by the way, if you're a, action figure collector god xr kun is a ridiculously priced action figure out there i just looked on ebay the twin pack 300 some dollars on ebay a twin pack of it's like xr kun and i can't remember who else caldrona i can't listen neil we can have fun if we want to (laughs) we can neil we're waiting for club and we're at the epilogue basically Okay. Oh, so, yeah, but like, yeah, it's okay. We're but, pretty close. Um, so I'm chat. just saying, listeners, is if you have an XR Kun handy, um, you know, Bob really needs one. Uh, Club, right. Club, we're on the epilogue, um, and I think then we're, we're going to hit the... up uh, uh, 29 and epilogue. Yeah. Oh, 29 and okay. epilogue. So yeah, 29. Okay. 29. What bring us in, uh, Neil? What do you want to say about 29? Uh, you know, it's always the happy ending. Now we've got them. Um, the heroes are back in Coruscant. Feels uh, so good. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> Han gets to see his kids. He's happy. Lando gets money, which is great. That's course. always great. I love money. I do like how he ends up, they say that he gets this million dollar or million credit reward, essentially, of, hey, I've been trying to avoid this guy for so long, but he finally caught me. Shoot, I'll find the best lawyer in this whole galaxy that I need. And no, 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 it's, it's a reward. Oh, yeah. thank you. <laughs> And then but you're going to owe us tax on that. So, you know, take, take the mill. the blob race because of the whole fact of he found that consort and the woman is paying him back for finding who she wanted. Um, More money? Yeah, well, then we, we end up, my wife was asking, how much longer? I'm like, five Even longer right now. <laughs> now it's going to be even longer. Uh, now I'm going to stay here and talk for 15. Um, <laughs> no, she, she, um, oh, and, um, and that's when Bob died. The other spot I want to throw in is uh, Luke finally meets Kip, and he gets to touch his nub. Again? <laughs> yep. And, and when do they do from... the test thing, though, with the toggles and that? He has a yep. different aura with some reds instead of just regular blues. So it's like foreshadowing who Kip is strong, but what's going to happen with him? Is that, yeah, and this, where, is like, this is like never used again. I don't think any other author used this stuff. I don't, I don't know. Well, because it feels I, like I, Scientology. I I'm trying to remember. Yes, you're yes. not wrong. Uh, 
Kevin J. Anderson is the L. Ron Hubbard of the Star Wars. Yeah, so you're, you're going to have you grab these two metal things, and then I'm going I'm, I'm uh, to look at them. I'm going to look at the e meter, and I'm going to ask you questions. Piers uh, Kip Duron has a lot of Thetans oh. attached to him. He's just oh yeah. I forgot Thorny doesn't want to be attached to Scientology in any way. Scared of Scientology. <laughs> no, that's that's my bit. That's my bit. I think. His... Oh, that's your bit. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so the Thetans. So Kip Duron. That's gonna be a thing. I'm gonna constantly refer to Kip Duron as being evil Thetans. He's got evil Thetans on him. So. If you don't know what a Thetan is, people, go look it up. You need to know something about Scientology. So, Not really. Um, so that, uh, by, by the way, Gantoris, his people are being uh, brought to uh, E.L. Shaw as a nice little refugee. This is another throwaway thing uh, that will happen brought in the next Dantooine, book. Not E.L. Shaw. Oh, Dantooine. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. They're um, not going yeah. back from to where they're going to be. Yeah, from E.L. Shaw to Dantooine. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. But that's kind of a throwaway thing. There's a lot of this stuff he's trying to tie up, um, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, that does get brought up later, though, with Dantooine when we get further along in, I think, book two. I want to say Dantooine comes back into play. We're in don't quote me. Yeah, uh, just, yeah, yeah. Let's just spoil it. Dantooine, all of it killed. Empire <laughs> destroys it. Sorry. so finishing off here we have the epilogue and what are your thoughts on this epilogue because i had two words written down for it in my notes perfect epilogue that was it no i agree no i don't this is exactly what an epilogue should we're (laughs) we're bringing everything together we're psyching you up for the third that hey everybody's together yeah uh it's really cool. He he is. Are we in the second? He's book? Also paying. He's first also book. paying first respect. Book. Oh, yeah, yeah. The first book. This is also where he's paying respect to. If you've been reading any other books at the time, which like every Star Wars fan was, since there was five of them in existence. Um, uh, but both Dark Empire, the comic books, and then some of the other novels, like Mara Jade's there to be trained, which is a great throw to the mm-hmm. Timothy Zahn stuff. We've got the Witches of Dathom. Which were there, which was a you know a fairly okay book that had come out, um, really cool. Which is a Dathomir writing Rancors, um, and you got Cam Solisar, which is from the comics, the Dark Empire comics. So mm. he's kind of, and he's been doing this this entire book. He's throwing out, he's made the entire universe a cohesive unit. If there's one good thing I got to throw out about about Kevin J. Um, between this and his anthology series that he was doing, he was really beating the pavement trying to keep the Star Wars universe like unified, uni- you know, unified, cohesive, unified, cohesive. unified. <laughs> I'm not listen. We get here. I'm not as think as you, Ronnie Diaz. I am. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, yeah. I knew what you were saying. Yeah. All right. So, so that, is that it? Well, end of book one. So end of book. Final thoughts. This is the longest um, two-part review that's ever that Dungeons of Dungeon. That's what I get for making fun of you. Dungeons wow. and Dreams has ever undertaken. Um, this took us four months. So here we are at the end. Uh, Neil, final thoughts. First book, Kevin G. Anderson's trilogy of Star Wars. I'm not going to make fun of club this time. Anyway, 
Uh, it's really hard. And I think the best description came from Bob earlier during this podcast today. What? When he said, this is a popcorn book. Mm-hmm. This is, it's not high thinking. It's you read it, you enjoy it, and that's it. And if I look at it in that way, did I enjoy it? Yes. Were there a lot of things that I could have done without because they seemed very redundant, copying, overused? Yes. So if we had our potato counter, if you will, I probably would have given it three out of five potatoes. But we don't do that anymore. So I'm still giving it a recommend just on account of how the epilogue set it up for me. If it wasn't for that epilogue, I don't know if I would have given it a recommend right now. Yeah, I get that. I Grandpa Clob, what about you? It's Uncle Clob. I'm not quite with how Grandpa old Clob. you act with marbles. You it is Grandpa Clob so today. marbles. Although there is there is a light there is a lot there is a lot of white that's coming through on the most. Yeah, um, Grandpa's not wrong. Rip. <laughs> um, no, I'm in. I mean, like you said, like you said, Neil, I completely agree with you. This, it's it's kind of one of those where you get to, you know, there's more movies coming, mm-hmm. so you get to the end of the first movie and you're like, okay, I kind of dug this. That's okay. Uh, and then you get to like that last five minutes and you're like, yeah, damn, okay, I'm into th- I'm into this for the full series because I liked that ending so much. Um, okay. Kind of like how I'm so ecstatically the epilogue for. Uh, the season finale and the epilogue that happened in the, at the end of the Picard at the end of uh, Picard got me so incredibly excited for okay I want another season which by the way I just got a text that Patrick Stewart is now reading sonnets online yeah he has been um, wow. you can go read uh, but no I'm in I'm in I like the addition of Cam um, I like the you know the older characters and. I think it feels Kevin J. Anderson does a good thing where he is very good at feeling the characters. These characters all feel who they should be at this age, at this time period, right after the rebellion at this time period, you know, as many years as we are after the rebellion. I think he writes the characters very true to who George Lucas actually set them up to be. Hmm. And so yeah, so I'm I'm good. I'm excited. I'm happier in hell that we're back doing this again, um, even in the new format. And uh, Luke, where are you sitting, my friend? Well, I, I definitely showed my hand earlier. Um, yeah, it's like what I said before. Uh, he, I think the top of your knuckles. I haven't seen your hand. I don't think this whole podcast. There they are. <laughs> Turn your fart saber off. It sounds awful. <laughs> I didn't know you could hear that. I'm sorry. Yeah, we can. Like, <laughs> okay. Um, the batteries might be a little. Low. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> so it's like like what I said. I showed my hand earlier. Um, Kevin J. Anderson brings nothing to this universe. Um, and I I don't know. I feel like I've just kind of become the picky jerk on this podcast. Um, yeah. So it took. <laughs> I want to defend yourself. I want to defend you, Luke, for a second here, bud. Okay. You've talked before about how you don't really have all that much time to go through and read certain things, just because of well, your I didn't. job. Sort of. Yep. You didn't. <laughs> I'm now. not counting right now. <laughs> yeah. But 
<laughs> if you're going to read something, it has to be something worth your time. And you've said that multiple times. And if it's why are you on this podcast? Know, why why have we read it again? <laughs> so, Luke, yes, stop being negative to yourself. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I uh, believe in you. <laughs> Take it have away. Have you read Carol. anything on this podcast that is of literary value? What do you? Mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, the Maybe the red the red with a plastic droid on my the Red Rising trilogy, and I was on board with some of the later Dragonland stuff. Okay, and um, a lot of the HP love. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Exactly. I, I mean, I. I've recommended a lot of stuff, but um, this, no. Um, he doesn't bring anything to the universe that is good. It took an audio... like Generally, if it's something I'm not interested in, I go to an audiobook. This took an abridged audiobook for me to be into it. Um, so I, that's that's kind of where I'm sitting. You know, it's... And also, I am also coming at this after, you know, all, all three of the... The post cool. I don't know what we're calling us uh, episode seven eight nine, but um, <laughs> seven eight nine have come out. Uh, Rogue One has come out. Uh, Solo has come out. The Mandalorian right. has come out. There's so much in the universe that is canon and is like probably more worth my time to invest my time into because it's mm-hmm. actually going towards something. This is just like sort of a spin off universe that doesn't exist, and right. it's not really. It's not doing it for me. Um, these characters, they're, they're okay. Um, you know, Kip, Kip's pretty cool out of everybody. Uh, well, Kip is pretty cool. And then there's that also that old prospector character that they introduced. And I just, Steam, yeah. he was fun. I want to see, I want to see more of him going forward. Yeah. I'd love to do more impressions of him on the podcast. That's the only reason why I want to see him. But I am, I am, I'm in, I'm an emphatic no noise on this one. Um, Bob, bring the fans yeah. back around so they love us. Well, you know, I mean, it's it's the same old story that I always use, even with the Thrawn thing. Uh, when I was a child, if you went through it, this was all you had, so this was your universe. So can I recommend for somebody like who is in your ilk, who has now watched, has all the new movies, has all of the new uh programming that's coming out you know you can't recommend it anymore really because um for those who are digesting all the modern star wars this is all going to feel used and you know um but it's hard because like for myself if i was slowly building this up like a layer cake over time all of this mythos old trilogies that have been thrown out the window um I'll, all the new stuff seems trite because it's recycling and regurgitating all of the stuff I've already read. Right. So you know, and doing it in different ways and mixing up some of it is better. Mandalorian is taking stuff I loved and throwing it out in a much better right. Uh, I think Mandalorian can prove that you can make something new and that old Star Wars fans and new Star Wars fans can agree that something is good. It just has to be done correct, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't know that I could recommend to a new reader uh, doing this trilogy. Probably not. This is... This is something that's for the fans of yesteryear who grew up with this. And it's probably something that you don't need to return to unless you want to see how things used to be or you're some sort of weird historian of Star Wars. But um, <laughs> well, if you want to see where stuff came from, this is this is where the um, 
what do you call it? The um, holocron will come from. You know, I mean, like it comes from the comic books. It was used here, but I mean, uh, again, m- most of what is canon now was done in a proto form here, um, or, or has been recycled from the stuff that was done here. And that's one of the things, Bob, that I completely agree with you. And as you know, I'm explaining to my 13 year old now who loves the Star Wars universe, who right. uh, loves loves looking at this and just you know. Actually, you know, the fact that Marvel has brought in the uh, multiverse aspect to their movies and their comics again and things like that. Right. You know, that's really the way, and I said this on previous, really the way I'm explaining a lot of this to him because he's also an avid reader. And I'm like, well, okay, so we have these books and you just, you got to do kind of have to look at it as, okay, this is part of the, I, I look at it as this is part of the multiverse. That's how I see it. Uh, mainly because I, I so like the uh, you uh, we were told that. Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. You're glitching out, Bob. A little bit. Oh, was I? Yeah. Oh, just just geez. just repeat what you just said again. Oh, I said uh, I don't feel like being kind of like lied to anymore with this stuff. I mean, we were kind of told this was going to be canon, the stuff that we were reading. Now it's not anymore. But that's just business as usual. It was, it's funny to me because when the Clone Wars came out and now they're trying to do that with Rebels, they're like, well, this is canon. What? When you, you'll see, Luke, when you watch all the cartoons, there is no way that can all be canon. Some of it is awesome. Some of it is redonkulous. Like, it can't, <laughs> it can't be, like, like really, like the, the green Kool-Aid episode, that really happened in Star you know, or the stuff with Bombad oh, Jedi, yeah, like yeah. you know, you know what I'm saying. Like th- that's not canon. Um, so I feel like whatever corporate Disney will own this property for the foreseeable future. Maybe someday it will be sold off again if it's not profitable. But that's just how this stuff goes. It will constantly be recycled, rehashed. We just got to get used to that happening, like with Star Trek or anything else, and just enjoy what packaging it comes. You enjoy. Whatever you enjoy. I feel like we need to get away from the idea of canon. I see how when somebody who owns a property wants to keep things cohesive, that's the only way you celebrate. But um, but at the same time, I, I, don't, I, I don't like getting into fights on what's canon and what's not because it's a freaking made-up universe. I, mm. I don't care. You know, like Marvel right now, there's the current Marvel Cinematic Universe. They can't be beholden to that forever. These actors are going to die and they're gonna you know um so they have to relaunch they are dying too they are dying (laughs) um so eventually we'll have to like relaunch wolverine and we'll have to accept a new wolverine and we'll all be pontificating about how the old wolverine was the best wolverine and you need to watch you kids don't know about hugh jackman he was my hero growing up Hey, Think look, about how irritated look, look. you'll be, Luke, when some some snotty nosed little kid comes up to you when you're 55, going, "Hugh Jackman, he's nothing to me." <laughs> I, I'm not watching them. We'll well, and, them. and look at look at things like the Harry Potter series too, where they actually did, I think, kind of the best, some of the best seamless. Okay, Richard Harris died after the second movie. Oh we can yeah, still make right. The next- we can still make the next six. We just have to you know, kind of roll with it and make everybody else roll with it. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, hey, is that, so we're going to, we're going to wrap up this people. episode, uh, the recording anyway, we'll keep this, we'll keep the stream going for a little bit. 
I know uh, we got some people in chat. Uh, I think it's Jason sharing links of something from The Mandalorian. Um, hey, every, everybody who's downloading this audio format, we promise to like kind of give you more of a heads up as to when we are yeah. going to be doing these live streams. It's just everything's been pretty chaotic lately. Yeah, but we were like thank five, you. five minutes before going live and we're like, yeah. hey, just put it on Facebook. Hey, did you put anything out? Yeah. No. <laughs> Uh, thank you thank you to everybody who was in the chat um, even if you were putting the explicits in there and I had to turn the chat box off for a little bit um, thank you for coming out thank you for downloading thank you for sticking with us through this rough time we love all of you and folks yes we love all of you by all means join the conversation with us hit us up on Facebook hit us up on um, well now Twitch uh, you know uh, do, do check us a follow bro. follow bro yeah check us a follow <laughs> Come talk to us. Tell us where we're wrong. Tell us where we're right. You know, and come and well, with and us. this this is what we'll be doing, I think, for the foreseeable future. Mm-hmm. So it'd be awesome to have a bunch of our listeners in the chat, yeah. uh, kind of uh, kind of doing this organically. It'd be it'd be cool. Uh, to, and we'll, we'll figure Justin, out a way to be. Where's able to... Justin Watson? Get him in this chat. distractions. Just what we need. We'll put. <laughs> we'll figure out a system to address the chat because I know a lot of stuff went unaddressed in the chat, and it's just because we don't know what we're doing yet. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. It's all right. But anyway, we'll catch you on the next one. Uh, what's the next book? What's it called? Uh, Dark Apprentice. Dark Apprentice coming at you soon. Yeah. Bye. Then Champions of the Forest. Ooh. Ooh. We are the champions. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dungeons and Dweebs. There's even more adventuring to be had at our website, dungeonsandweebs.com. We would love to hear from you. You can email us at dungeonsanddweebspodcast at gmail.com. You can also find Dungeons and Dweebs on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Find all those links at dungeonsanddweebs.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, please help spread the word by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes. The music for Dungeons and Dweebs is Fatal Fight by Royalty Free Kings, and can be found on their website, royaltyfreekings.com. Dungeons and Dweebs is a Tim Gilbert Media production, copyright 2017, all rights reserved. And no part of this show can be reproduced, repurposed, or redistributed without the express written permission of Tim Gilbert Media.